Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Good morning, John, from a sunny south coast. Alan, we're going to be looking at one particular theme in in UK markets initially, and that is the takeovers of UK companies, predominantly by US firms, because just in the last 24 hours, we've had uh, the latest company listed here in London receiving interest from overseas uh, in the in the form of a, of a US rival to some extent, and that's Entain. We've seen shares soar yesterday. Again, we we've had some firmer details on uh, what that takeover looks like. Now, there's there's a big theme here. Um, with uh, US private equity and US companies looking at UK companies, making offers, snapping them up. Of course, we had Morrison's earlier on this year. Megit's another high-profile one. Indeed, this year, we've seen um, the highest level of private equity money coming in for UK companies for for some time. Um, Indeed, I think it's probably uh, double, actually, the the most closest... um, amount coming in for UK companies in the same period. So there was $45 billion, uh, that came from private equity uh, for UK companies in the first half of this year. Uh, what we're looking at today, though, is Entain is, is mergers and uh, acquisition activity. So what does that uh, deal or potential deal look like? What's the offer on the table for Entain there, Alan? Well, it's a very strong offer indeed, uh, John, in line with so many uh, offers for British companies lately, and I'll come to those in a second. But let's look at Entain first of all as a company. Of course, it's the Entain is the holding company for um, uh, uh, Ladbrokes, Coral, Party Poker, Sporting Bet, BWIN, um, and others. And the, I mean, the share price performance, if, if you're holding the shares uh, this time last year, they were trading under £10 a share, in fact, as low as £8.50. And of course, here we are today, £24 a share. So a spectacular uh, return based, of course, on, on the bid. Um, but actually, well justified because the, the company announced um, a, a massive increase in first half profits. Um, EBITDA rose 12% to £401 million to the 30th of June. Revenue was up 12% to uh, nearly £1.8 billion, in fact. And PBT... Profit after sorry, profit after tax nearly trebled to ninety one million from twenty two million. Um, but uh, hasn't declared an interim dividend yet. But um, said if COVID restrictions uh, continue to ease, it will. It's planning to restart dividends next March. Uh, and I think uh, this is just U.S. equity companies um, and uh, well, equity companies in general are looking forward and seeing. A very strong recovery. Let's not forget, you know, the markets, um, some of the major companies, uh, the trading, they're almost a year behind. So there's a huge opportunity to catch up because a lot of the money that would have been spent hasn't been spent. So that's been accumulating in in the bank accounts of potential customers. So and uh, that was reflected in Entain's results. And then, of course, today we see a massive 20 billion uh, offer from uh, DraftKings. Of course, it trumps uh, the, the offer 
from uh, MGM um, uh, 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 a few weeks back. So it's audacious, but I think this is um, this is this could just be the start of of uh, a number of um, opportunistic uh, moves to snap up UK companies. Um, and let's not forget, John, we spoke last week and highlighted how the FTSE 100 really is still it's still uh, stuck in a time warp in a sense. I mean, we're we're sort of trading here at um, just broken back over seven thousand again. Of course, that's after falling uh, at the start of this week over uh, China is, uh, over issues with China, China tightening um, and uh, adding further restrictions to uh, to um, overseas companies. Um, and of course, the there was the gas scare as well. Gas prices rocketed, and um, we've seen UK companies going to the wall. And of course, cries for help um, to the UK government to to, to help um, help uh, bail these companies out. So, so all of this has really, you know, resulted in a, a muted start for the week. But of course, this bid today has pushed the FTSE back again. But I mean, you know, we were at seven and a half, well, nearly eight thousand, I think, um, uh, a couple of years ago. You know, before the before COVID started. So it's still got a long way to go. And I think um, we're going to see more of these opportunistic bids. We had, of course, the bid for uh, the bid for for Megit, the uh, UK engineer, um, which that's still going strong. US company Parker Hannafin um, made a six point three billion offer to to form an enlarged um, aerospace and engineering technology group, um, and that was it. Trumped a previous bid from Tatrans Digim um, uh, before the the company pulled out so um and that's been recommended to the board then of course before that we had the the bid uh the, the morrison's bid from um from the from the u.s private equity group clayton dubillier and rice and that was uh that was a, a seven billion um offer um at 285 pounds per share trumped the previous bid um and of course that's not that's not really over yet you know that's still still rumbling on so we could hear more so i think uh we could see um, everyone's uh, wondering whether there's going to be Santa Rally. It could just be that uh, US private equity companies are going to create and drive this year's Santa Rally, which of course is great news for um, for shareholders and holders and funds um, in the in the FTSE hundred. So of course these deals are, co- are coming in a lot higher than current share prices. Mm. So it suggests that these companies see value in these these UK companies. Um, and also the private equity see value in, in UK companies that maybe investors in in public markets in, in the FTSE 100 companies aren't seeing at this point in time. I mean, is that down, do you feel, to the easy monetary policy that we're seeing over in the United States and the amount of money that's simply sloshing around in the system? And these corporates are obviously building up um, cash. Private equity companies are, are, are building up cash. And they just have to do something with it at this point in time. You know, they're sitting up there, they're building cash balances and they're looking, you know, what can we do with this? You know, looking at organic operations, growing those, um, you know, maybe that's not the best option for them. They're looking overseas, particularly to the UK, to deploy uh, some of this cash here. I mean, how much do you feel that that impact of, of easy monetary policy uh, is a factor in this? Or do you really feel that the UK is undervalued and investors in public equity, listed equity, are, are, are missing um, the, the valuation. They're not really appreciating what they have in front of their eyes. 
No, I, th- I, I, I think Brexit's a factor here too, uh, John. I mean, obviously, we're, we're all coming out of the other side of, of the COVID uh, crisis, which has um, which has hit everyone hard. But I think uh, I think um, uh, what's held the FTSE the uh, the FTSE under back is, of course, the UK, the uncertainty, the the supply chain issues that are well documented, the uh, you know price increases. Uh, they're citing food shortages this winter, uh, and and there's a there is a considerable amount of uncertainty, and of course that stands in stark contrast to the 1.9 trillion um, infrastructure bill announced by the Biden administration and uh, and the, the drivers that that's created for for the markets. Uh, you know, never mind the fact that the monetary easing is is just. Uh, almost at laughable levels um uh the, the markets are quite happy to trade on the basis of the of, of, of that and also um it's uh, it's triggering these uh, these opportunistic bids and of course you know the, these um uh the, these uh, these US equity companies and equity equity companies around the world will be looking in other countries too but um but clearly they see really good value in the FTSE 100 at the moment um, and I don't think it's over yet. I think we're going to see a lot more. And, you know, who knows, maybe the the um, the DraftKings bid for Entain could be trumped again. Um, and, and, of course, you know, just bearing in mind Entain's statement that it plans to start paying a dividend again next March, you know, that that will have that will uh, have no doubt, no doubt been noted. Um, something that's throwing off that much cash is highly attractive and it's worth paying a premium if, you still see value at that level, and clearly um, they do. So, ju- just finishing off on this point now, I just want to look at potential unintended consequences in the future. If we're seeing some of the best UK companies being snapped up and taken off UK markets, obviously, you know, Morrison's, Megit, uh, now we're looking at Entain uh, possibly going amongst others. These are obviously profitable, highly profitable UK companies listed here in London. I mean, do, do you feel there could be a situation if we see a, an increase in M&A uh, takeover buyout from, from private equity over the next couple of years and a lot of the, the good companies disappear from UK markets, that then the, the, sort of the integrity and the attractiveness over the long term of UK markets um, starts to diminish because we, you know, we're, not, we're not seeing as much IPO activity um, here in London, as we did say 20 years ago. Uh, and, you know, if we don't see those fresh companies coming through, we see the good companies, good quality, good quality companies leaving, that at some point the, the UK market then starts to look a little bit drab. Well, I think this is just part of the normal cyclical process of any market, John. And and uh, you, you'll get you'll always get points um, in a market's evolution where it is considered good value, um, and the the stars align or circumstances conspire to create um, an opportunity for uh, companies to come in and buy what they see as good value. You know, remember what we are considering expensive. Clearly, the US buyers looking at it and, and seeing great value, um, and that's just part of the market cycle. What it will mean, of course, is that um, a lot of the great FTSE two hundred and fifty companies that um, that are trading away and, grow- and growing um, will be will will then take over and uh, take take uh, the place of those companies in the FTSE hundred, and of course they'll then be um, exposed to all the FTSE tracker funds and all the rest of it, um, and that that move in itself 
will gr- bring greater profile to the company and assist its growth pro- it, it, its, pro- its growth process. So um, I don't see this as any more than part of the evolutionary process. And yes, once those companies leave, there could be there could be a, a, a correction uh, to reflect that. Um, but uh, you know, those companies will be replaced by companies that are equally capable of growth, and uh, and off we go again. Indeed, and I think it does say something for UK investors, <clears throat> sorry, looking at um, smaller companies and those uh, companies that have potential for strong growth over the next 10 years and potential to get themselves in the in the FTSE 100. Um, you, uh, be- uh, actually, John, just a note on that, um, looking at the uh, the FTSE 250 risers, 888 Holdings, of course, another <laughs> online gambling company, is currently top of the risers, also up 7% uh, this morning. So so I think that's, um, you know, that's clearly, um, clearly on hopes that uh, maybe it too will become a target. That's it indeed. And also, I mean, Flutter, um, owner, owner of Betfair, um, that's, a, that's a strong gainer yep. uh, today. So it looks as though there's a, there's a real war heating up in, in the gambling industry at the moment for people trying to grab market share, especially as uh, you know, rules of uh, are set and, and, and are um, easing over in the United States for, for, for gambling in certain states. So it's, uh, it's a real scramble for the more established businesses I feel here in in Europe um, by the United States, out they're seeing an easing in their um, their regulations. Um, they obviously uh, the companies here in in the UK and Europe have the technology there, so it's not surprising to see the likes of eight 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 and uh, and Flutter um, rising on the back of the news from uh, from Entain. So I think this is going to probably be quite an interesting uh, sector for the rest of this year, and could be could be one. I mean, certainly looking at the shares of Flutter. Over the last two years, astronomical uh, rise, especially from the the sell-off that we saw after the pandemic. So it's interesting to see even after the rises that we saw in in companies such as Flutter and and Entain um, that that potential shooters are coming in and looking at their shares at valuations. I mean, if you go back eighteen months, they could have got them for about twenty five percent of the price. Some of these companies, I know, they're trading at now. Yeah. So huge, uh, huge moves there. So. Moving on now, Alan. So this is a company um, towards the, the, the smaller cap end of the market. It's got a market cap of uh, 11.4 million. Now, it's it's an interesting one because when you let me know that we were going to be discussing today on the on the podcast and one that had taken your eye, looking at the chart, it did really stand out from some of its peers in, in Keras Minerals. It hasn't really been um, taken up in this sell-off that we've seen in the rest of the sector. So what's happening behind the scenes there, Alan? It's a very interesting company, Keras Minerals, uh, John. Um, so uh, Keras is, a, it's, it's a, well, it, it arrived on the markets literally a few months ago. CMRS is the epic code, uh, currently trading at 22.5p, as you say, 11.5 million market cap. Has been as high as 34p. Um, and of course, the IPO uh, was on March the 19th, where it raised Two point two two and a quarter million at ten p, and since then it's been it's been pretty much top right hand corner stuff all the way. Um, so the company was set up uh, just a bit on, on management. Martin Churchhouse is the chief executive, thirty five years experience in the mining industry, formerly Anglo American Goldfields Georgia Mining Corporation, and the, the non exec chairman is a fellow called Mike Johnson, who is also. The, on the the uh, Rio Tinto chairman of environmental engineering at University of Liverpool is an external advisor to Rio uh, London uh, Globe Mines uh, 
Columbus Copper, uh, to name but a few. And a, a very experienced uh, geologist, Andrew Daniels, who uh, 30 years experience um, working around the world with companies like Anglo-American and, and others. Um, so the company was set up to consolidate what is a very disparate mining industry in Cyprus. Um, and there are uh, many uh, historic uh, gold mines, um, copper mines, uh, resources, cobalt mines, and so on. And the company uh, was formed to initially define a mineral resource estimate of some uh, of uh, some 20 to 30 tons of um, copper and, and and gold ore. Um, and uh, working with the, the Cypriot mining department, um, they're, they're basically going through the books and seeking out all of the remnant resources in a form of number mines, which include the Calavasas mine, which is uh, had a, uh, a resource of 4.6 million tonnes of copper, the Cambia mine, um, and uh, the, the Vrekia and, and Black Pine mine. So the company has uh, progressed during the year, undertaken some uh, some drilling work, acquired uh, uh, truly uh, um, just after the after, after the float, um, and then entered joint ventures with Jubilee Metals and... Uh, at the start of August um, uh, with Besant Resources to work in conjunction with them to to develop the mines and fast track and bring them to production. Um, and it seems that they, <laughs> to, to coin a phrase, have have struck gold in, in so many places because the there are a lot of resources there that literally are untapped, many of them owned by private companies. Um, and Keras is in the process of, Pulling them all together, um, uh, um, and and it's in the drilling work that's been undertaken, for instance, uh, at at uh, Truly, um, uh, they they've already identified visible gold um, and uh, uh, established uh, the, what the, a section of of um, a, a geological anomaly that was thought to be ten meters thick is actually twenty five meters thick, way exceeding expectations. Um, so all of this news has been pretty well positive all the way through. It sold nickel and cobalt licenses earlier in the year to complete the acquisition of GC uh, gold mines uh, in Cyprus, um, and that was funded through the through the uh, the sale of the Black Pine Nickel Cobalt project. Um, and again, is uh, um, is is undergoing uh, um, the, the, the applications for mining uh, at, at that target. So these are dotted all around the country. Um, and of course, today we had, uh, or yesterday, the company announced a further placing. So it raised, of course, 2.2 million um, at the at the float. And it's raised a further 1.5 million uh, today in a placing to progress and, and accelerate works. And it's just the sheer rate of development that I think has supported the share price, which hasn't, as you pointed out at the start, John, hasn't drifted back like the other companies, uh, like the other mining companies um, uh, in its uh, in its peer group, simply because there has been so much development and it's just adding value all the time to it to its operations. So I think um, we, we we now have um, a number of active drilling campaigns underway. The uh, diamond drill program at Truly that the company uh, uh, discussed today um, is is now um, on site. Started drilling. Uh, on Monday this week, uh, ahead of schedule, 
um, and we'll be getting some results and news from that drilling uh, very soon indeed. So, yeah, the, the these guys certainly know how to run a mining co- a junior mining company, and I think we're I think uh, you know once we once we start to get these assay results back, I think we're going to see Keras continue to outperform its peers simply by virtue of the fact that it's got so many projects uh, underway uh, working jointly with Jubilee Metals and of course Pheasant Resources um, is is really really driving the growth so you know well done to Keras for the performance to date but um, expect plenty more to come. I mean one of the things that I found particularly interesting about Keras is the potential for for short-term um, early cash flow from from the company, which will obviously support ongoing operations. Uh, they said they were going to be sort of targeting dump material, uh, which you know is obviously easier to get than than those minerals that they have to drill for. Is there, is there any news on that, and, and whether that's something that they're starting to receive any revenue from? Uh, yeah, the the the, the tailings um, the, the, the tailings they're working through, as you say. I mean, the, the great thing with with these historic mines and what, what uh, the mining department referred to as remnant resources um, uh, is that uh, that they can work through work through tailings and um, and uh, literally uh, sell into the market uh, uh, straight away. So they've they've located. Uh, uh, the, uh, the most recent uh, update on that was on the Calavasas project, where, if you remember, there was a thought to be 4.68 million tonnes of copper, um, uh, and uh, the, the assays have confirmed that. So, so moves are afoot to 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 get these sold into the market. So, whether um, whether that that those numbers will appear in the in the upcoming results is uncertain, but uh, what is for certain is that um, it won't be long before we see significant amount of cash coming into the company as a result of sales of the tailings and the and uh, once the once the metals are extracted from those tailings, then of course that's um, that that's very very real cash coming coming into the coffers. Thank you, Alan. So just to finish off here. This is a, a sort of more top level kind of question than, than looking at any one company. Now, of course, we've seen that the junior mining sector, as well as the um, more developed FTSE 100, FTSE 250 uh, mining companies, um, see significant declines over the past um, two to three months, mainly down to, to issues of, of uh, metal prices falling, being driven by concerns over over China, amongst other things. But, you know, when, when investors are looking at this sector now, I mean, what would you say are the most important things that you'd be looking for if you're looking at picking up some bargains in the sector at the moment? Well, I think uh, you, you're right, John. I mean, the, the uh, concerns over China um, have have seen falls in uh, commodities. I mean, iron ore has, of course, fallen very, very sharply. But, uh, but, but the but the, the the underlying the underlying economics point to um, the, the statement I made earlier, and of course, due to COVID um, restrictions, work has effectively stopped. Many projects have been put on hold. You've got the US infrastructure bill, uh, which is one point nine trillion, and regardless of what China decide to do, um, they have a prodigious appetite for uh, commodities um, and. Uh, I wrote an article that was in featured in What Investment a little early this year, looking at the commodity supercycle. Um, and uh, commodity supercycles historically have have arrived 
on the back of um, major uh, major life changing events uh, in the world, such as the Second World War and uh, and other major major events through history. COVID, of course, is very much um, very much a major event that hasn't affected one or two countries. It's affected every country, and it continues to do so. So, whilst growth and production are are um, uh, capped as a result of that. Uh, long term, the the nascent demand remains, and longer term, we are we're going to see um, we're going to see increase in these commodities due to increased demand, and where there are supply squeezes, we're going to see uh, huge increases in that commodity price. We've seen it in lithium, for example, this year. Of course, that's uh, that's very much uh, on the back of the EV and uh, battery and, and gigafactory uh, uh, industry growth. But there are so many other factors um, in play here. Um, I, I think we are sitting uh, in a lull within the uh, within the commodity industry at the moment that um, will soon be over. And it could just be, it could just be that um, that uh, the the interest from these overseas buyers uh, that triggers growth in the FTSE 100 could see investment into um, into uh, new mining projects from some of the bigger miners. And of course, that could mean that uh, some of the bigger players like Rio or Billiton or Vale um, and, and others are going to look to pick up smaller smaller projects and of course if those smaller projects are owned by small cap mining companies then then uh, then uh, th- there'll be a, a subsequent uh, uh, growth in price uh, with with that company so so there are many factors uh, but um, I believe fundamentally uh, we are uh, in the middle of a, a a commodity super cycle which will continue and, and I do expect to see a strong strong recovery in commodities next year. Indeed, indeed. I mean, we're seeing some some ripples out there, but I think if we, we're looking at the longer term trend, I think we said before on on a recent podcast, we we never see any market move in a in a straight line. So it could be Absolutely. a good time now yeah. to yeah. Uh, to pay some attention to some of these uh, these juniors out there. So um, just as uh, just as a recap there um, on the on the companies that we uh, touched on today. Of course, just then was the the minerals company uh, operating in Cyprus, which was Keratin Minerals, uh, trade under the ticker of CMRS. And at the beginning, we were discussing the takeover um, battle going on for Entain, which trades under the ticker of ENT. Alan, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, John. So, just a, a reminder to listeners: anybody that missed the UK Investor Magazine. Uh, Technology Summit yesterday. We're going to be putting the videos up from those presentations uh, over the next couple of days. So do check them out. Some particularly interesting uh, presentations there from UK listed companies, very uh, innovative companies at the leaders of at their fields, um, particularly some um, operating in, in advertising and some that uh, are really uh, investment vehicles, uh, investment trusts, and they give a very good overview of their portfolios and the types of uh, larger technology trends that they're looking at investing in. So do check those out. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk. 